welcome to this month's uh, episode of Talks with Izzy. Uh, we have uh, two uh, bands on for this month, which are Falling Off Maps and Blight Town, which are both two Nottingham bands. And as of recording this show, it is the 3rd of October, so it's officially Halloween month. <laughs> um on the 1st of October, I actually saw Blight Town for the very first time. I've had a few recommendations and they was performing at Rough Shade, which is one of my favourite small venues. It was also a free show. I got to see them on um, Blight Town and All Over Again, uh, which are great. I really, really like them both. I've been getting into the music and I've been looking at Blight Town for a while now. Um, with falling off maps i've also had a look at them um i was meant to go to one of their shows i think late to um late november 2019 but unfortunately couldn't go and that was meant to be at albert's um which is now called spanky's um so yeah (laughs) that's it really um i'm gonna get on to their little interview soon and i really hope you enjoy their interviews um I'm going to talk about a few gigs I've been in since last month. Um, looking at these, uh, so the 5th of September I went to Arlo Parks and she had uh, some uh, some supporter called Frances Baker. She is amazing. She's got a new song called uh, Bring Me Down or Don't Bring Me Down. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'd really go and check that out. And then I saw... I saw them at Rescue Rooms and then on the 15th of September, so the day the last month's podcast came out, I went to the Chameleon and watched uh, Penny Moon, Outlanders and Mutes. Um, If you didn't know, Penny Moon um, is half of Velvet Blush, which is sadly not uh, band anymore but we really wanted to go to see them and support them and they was amazing i absolutely love their new sound go check out i think it's called if you're on if you're there i won't be there so go check that out i really really like that song um i've also been to on the 19th of september which was also a rough trade um a free show um and it was clear vinyl i think it's n n a o E-N-N-I-O, uh, The Little Brother, George Gad and Campfire Social. And these was all like the first time of me seeing these bands. And I really, really enjoyed them. Campfire uh, Social was the main headliner. And I, I really like them. I definitely want to see them again, especially with all of them. And then last Sunday, uh, which was the 26th of september i saw i went to dr dot and i saw a lot of puns i saw penny moon cat milk i think it's reflector left on lane weird milk i also saw paste marvin revenge george gad uh, drugstore romeo and celestines at least i think that's how you pronounce it i'm gonna play like a little small clip from all of them at Dr. Dot, so the first one is Penny Moon. Mm-hmm. 
This is uh, cat milk. I'm gonna go back to Penny Moon. Can't really hear the vocals very well in that one, but you you could in person. It just might be my microphone. And then the next one is Left Hand Lane. are all just amazing i've seen left hand lane quite a lot of time then reflector yeah uh, the sound quality isn't best i'm just playing off my phone then this is paste And then this next one is Marvin Revenge. And then George Gad. And then the next one is Drugstore Romeo. And then finally, Celestines. And then, um, oh, that's a bit of a spoiler. Two days ago, I, I, on the 1st of October, I saw Blight Town uh, and all over again. So I'm just going to play a little small clip from Blight Town. <laughs> so yeah i've seen quite a few gigs um yesterday i was meant to see a band called darlings but i wasn't able to and then tonight i was meant to be seeing a few more acts at rough trade i think it's called caption clouds and gulp xl but the show was postponed uh next one i have at rough trade are harriet rose which sounds very cool i've got a few in the next week or so i'm pretty sure um let's check out um so i've got another show at rough trade next tuesday don't know what that's for though uh and then on thursday i've got jess mandolin um then on the tuesday after reflector i know what that sh show is for the 5th of october it's let me just check i'm pretty sure i know it's i know it's at rough trade but it's silent confidence show and anti-social club and dirty denim which I've, i haven't seen anti-social club or dirty denim but Oh, I haven't actually seen Silent Confident. There's so many bands which I feel like I have seen, but I haven't seen in person. And I've worked with the band members, um, but because lockdown and the whole COVID situation has been pretty much all over the place. So, yeah, I've got a few shows that I'm going to see. So if you're when the sh when this show comes out, um. I would have already been to them, but 
if you've been to any of these just put in the comments or wherever you're listening or watching this but i'm gonna move on to falling off maps interview and i really really hope you enjoy uh so how does the band write music um i guess it's always kind of been the same way um it'll start with me and a sort of beating up acoustic guitar that our manager chris bought from me when we were in america and uh it, i mean some of the songs from the first falling off maps record a seaside town in winter they were written sitting at the piano um because it was a slightly different vibe with that album but yeah for the most part i'll mess around on the guitar um it's kind of just if something nice comes out while you're messing around and then the structures and the melodies they'll sort of start to form and always usually the the lyrics are the last thing for me i know some people have lyrics first and i do note down um lyrics or lines and ideas in my phone a lot my notes section on my phone is just reams and reams of stuff, probably stuff that I'll never use and I'd never even look back on. But there is, you know, occasionally I do write lyrics in there, but for the most part, lyrics come last for me. Um, uh, some of the time, these mumbled sort of words and phrasings I use to make the early melodies, there'll be words in there that actually do, you know, the melody will, th it'll throw up something that will stay and I'll keep it and it'll stay for the song right until the end, till it's finished. But mostly, it just starts with me messing about on the guitar, finding something cool that I like, a riff or sort of a little part, and then I build it from there. You might start with a killer sort of hook or a chorus, or you might just have a verse where you're desperately spending months thinking, I've got this amazing verse, like how do I, you know, get this killer chorus, or the other way around, you know a great chorus but you can't build a song around it but i guess that's where where the band comes in because i'll i'll take things to the band and then that's when it really becomes a song you know when you get in the room and you kind of you, you all sort of add your little bits of magic to it and that's when it becomes a falling off maps song i think because i'll have a an idea exactly how I think it should sound or what it could sound like and often once the boys start jumping in on that it changes and it's better than I thought it was going to be or it's different than I thought it was going to be but that's kind of how we get there eventually and I think ultimately it's a cool idea but it becomes a falling off map song when we all get involved okay, so what are our inspirations um, I think that a lot of my inspiration and uh, and my influences come from th the bands I discovered uh, during those the sort of formative years, you know, your your early teens, things like that, when you're first sort of discovering things for yourself. So Nirvana <laughs> were obviously huge when we were kids i mean i've talked about this a few a few times and it's weirdly timing wise with it being 
the thirtieth anniversary of of Nevermind. Uh, that was a that was a big thing. I got given a cassette by one of my school friends, and he'd he'd recorded it in an old school cassette and recorded these songs. And I just remember seeing my brother and I sitting listening to them, and you know that it's teen spirit that comes straight in and those drums kick in and it was just nothing nothing like it not for English kids you know 11, 12 years old it it was just it was massive and and guitar music and those sort of things had always been sort of a a massive massive thing because it was it was in my house my parents my dad loves The Who, and Jimi Hendrix and Cream, and he was playing that stuff all the time. So it was there, sort of almost in the background through my youth. And then you start to get get some bands that feel like yours, I suppose, and which I suppose Oasis would be the one. They were just huge, like for a, for a 13-year-old kid when they were blowing up. I remember getting a magazine like Mojo or something like that and Supersonic, I think. It was like a Supersonic demo or something. And you had all these people like Steve Lamarck and, you know, John Peel talking about them. And then they just blew up. And you kind of... That w- that's sort of like the start of the journey, I guess, into wanting to make my own music. Because that was the first time. Like, you start off wanting to be Liam... And I was a singer in bands at school and things like that. And then you realize, oh, maybe I kind of want to be Noel too because I want to make some music. I want to write some music and I might have something to say. So, yeah, Oasis was huge because it, it was the first thing that really felt like it uh, sort of belonged to us, to me and my friends. And, and I love that, the the Britpop scene I know some people don't don't want to call it that but that it was because the whole scene that came with it I mean I'm an I'm an 80s kid so I'm a I'm a bit of a pop tart anyway and all those guitar bands that came out during that Britpop era they were making great pop songs with catchy you know melodies and and that's still something that holds huge sort of importance to me now everything that I've ever done is based around sort of melody whether it's you know the sort of sort of darker and brooding side of it it, it's got to have melody and if I'm screaming my head off and shouting with with sort of rocking out as hard as possible it's still going to have a catchy melody or what I deem a kind of catchy melody and that's I think that's just my sort of songwriting DNA so they were early, early influences, and and you, and you just sort of evolve, don't you? After probably Oasis, and when you start broadening your horizons, probably Radiohead were the next, next sort of big, big influence for me. Just the way you could write a song, you know, you could do something so different, especially with guitar music. It didn't have to be sort of those chord progressions, and it didn't have to. It could be different and cool and it could express so many different sort of emotions and 
and I guess through Radiohead, I then went on to discover like Jeff Buckley and things like that. So it sort of opened me up to how you can use your voice, and you know, it, it can there can be things of beauty and things that are really heartbreaking and things that are sort of angry and angsty and and all that can go together. And I think that's the falling off maps sort of journey, I guess after coming out of sort of major label deals with our with our former band it was a it was sort of a step away kind of do something we were prior to that we were sort of in a commercial rock band you know and so the first album the seaside town in winter is a complete sort of going in the other direction just making something that was completely for us and kind of I always describe it as like an art art project you know maybe it was too much of that but I'm still really proud of it and it and it was kind of very different and it was good to explore that side of me and the, and the songwriting and and the lyrics and things like that and obviously the second record we're making now that's taken us a long 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 time it's again the opposite direction of that it's probably you know where that first album took its influences from Radiohead and you know Jeff Buckley and the alt electro folk sort of thing Def Cab for Cutie and those sort of bands this one is taking influence back from those Nirvana roots and you know Soundgarden and and those bands that are kind of, you know, smashing pumpkins, things like that. So it's it's all, th I guess, you know, inspiration and influence. They're just love like These albums are just love letters to those things. The first one, love letters to those bands. This album, we're making a love letter to those sort of heavier, grungier sort of alt-rock bands. And, and then I guess if we make another record... <laughs> however many years that takes us it may well sort of mesh the two things together and I'd like to think it'd tie up that story where you can have all those different dynamics and make a record like that but yeah I think I'm still sort of making love letters to all my inspirations even now so what what first got us into making music um well like i was saying before uh, for my brother and i uh, my brother who's the drummer in the band it's sort of music and and guitar music especially had always sort of been there for us sort of permeating <laughs> our sort of everyday life maybe with that as even noticing at first you know our, um, our dad had always been in bands is in bands now you know and uh, he had like an extensive kind of record collection all this vinyl you know stacked across these sort of huge shelving units in the, in the living room and kind of You'd you'd hear it all through your sort of younger life, and 
and then you know when mum and dad used to play music at night you'd be hearing like the who and like i say Jimi hendrix these bands that they love like johnny winter and, and things like that and it i guess they kind of they ingrain themselves in you i guess without you knowing and then later on before you get to get to being a sort of teenager and you're quite rebellious and there are obviously always guitars lying around the house and things like that but you know you're kind of dead against doing what your parents do for a long time so you know i'd never had the inclination to pick one up until like i was saying before oasis and and wanting to write my own songs then all of a sudden i used to well i didn't when i first started picking them up it was secretly and i could barely play a thing you know and i didn't really realize that if you broke a string you know like you could fix that string quite easily sort of thing so i used to play it when everyone was out in my dad's little studio setup that he had in the basement and then if I break a string, I'd sort of lie it back on the fretboard, you know, like try and make it look like it was okay. And then when he picked up his guitar the next time and he played it, it I was hoping that he'd think he broke it. He soon cottoned on to that and, you know, was like, if you want to play the guitar, why don't we kind of try and learn properly? And he was the first one to help me, you know, with demos, like making four track demos of these probably terrible songs that I was writing but you when you start doing that you start understanding it how you piece it all together and that was kind of I guess just the same as before discovering my own sort of bands that I loved wanting to you know having that thing in inside you where you're like I want to do this too I want to you know first of all you kind of just want to be a rock star like like Liam Gallagher but then after a while I wanted to make that music and kind of that was it and our parents were always super sort of encouraging the whole thing and and are even now you know so it's I just when you start writing those songs and you start having those sort of things that you need to get out that just doesn't really stop and it just hasn't kind of hasn't stopped until today there's always something in there like i say the notes and ideas in my phone are way beyond what i'll ever be able to sort of record and get out to people i mean we're not particularly prolific taking us sort of 12 years to even put out the amount of stuff we put out now which is very little so that's the next big thing get this record finished get it out and just try and, you know, get some of those ideas out to the world. Uh, so what does the future hold? Uh, well, like I said before, we're not <laughs> particularly prolific. It does take us a long time to get things finished and get music out, but that's the the sort of number one focus for us. Finish this record that we've been making for a fair few years now. Um... I guess more shows I mean we've only done one show this year it's hard to say the world is sort of a, a very crazy place and it's a little up in the air at the moment but these sort of things are getting getting back 
to how they were so hopefully maybe before the end of the year some more shows there'll definitely be new music before the end of the year because we're in the studio next week to to finish off some final mixes on some songs and we've already shot three videos for three different songs so it's kind of we're just sitting on those and we got to kind of catch up with the music but at least one new song before the end of the year and then we'll be coming in hot at the start of next year and uh yeah hopefully more shows but it's kind of exciting it was a weird one having a long long break from playing shows and from you know doing anything really putting out music kind of when we got back to playing that first show it was like have we missed it have we missed this and it was wicked and yeah we really had missed it so definitely more shows more new music soon um yeah so keep an eye out thank you so much uh falling off maps i hope do get to see you soon and uh, your band perform soon please do check them out on all social medias and check out their music um so a few things i want to mention as it is halloween month uh over on my makeup account i'm doing a few halloween looks so um a few i've also made a little tab of what i did last year so last year i did medusa i did like a masquerade look um i did like an orange smoky eye bat wing which actually looks really cool i might try and recreate and put a different spin on it this year this is on my makeup account called creating looks by izzy if you've not already followed that uh, another look that i did last year was like a pumpkin face mask halloween um which is it actually looks so cool and then i've done it's just loading up it, that really did stain my face especially the little orange paint which is great or like heavy halloween makeup for me stains my face or is very very difficult to get off because i'm using like heavy eyeliners and face paints which is really really what you want i normally do like heavier makeup looks at night time so i'm usually get quite tired towards the end so having that <laughs> we're trying to get the makeup off is not and then um, something else that I did last year, which is such a cute look, which I kind of want to do again this year and put my own spin on it. Um, I dyed my hair red uh, last year around this time. I, I don't think I'll be able to dye it red right now currently because uh, my hair, if you see on social media, it's split dyed. So it's on the top, it's blue and underneath it's pink. It looks so cool, but it's going to be very, very hard to get out of my hair, those colours. Um, but the red that I had last year was very very bright and it looks so cool with this look I did like an orangey um I did, instead of having pink blush I put blush on the end of my nose and on the tops of my cheeks I did like an orangey blush and I did a black um smoked out eye with an orange cut crease and did like a little pumpkin on my eye which looks so cute and then this year uh these are looks that I've done in the past uh, 24 hours because i've done one last night and two today uh, i did like another version of the halloween um pumpkin face mask but more like a glammed eye and then i did kind of a pink sugar school look 
which I think it looks really cool. Um, and then the makeup look I'm wearing now is like a brown smoky eye with like little baby ghosts on them. So I think that is just so cool and I absolutely love it. And I'm actually taking part in another Halloween collab. So if you do, that should be coming out on the 8th. So the podcast will be out at this time. And if you want to go check that out, that's going to be on Creating Looks by Izzy. And it's going to be uh, by a few uh, smaller creators in makeup artistry. And we're all going to do like Halloween makeup looks. If you're watching this video right now, this is uh, the third Halloween makeup look I've done with the little ghost on it. It's such a cute look. Um, but I'm going to move on to the next interview, which is Blight Town. And I hope you enjoy. Hi, we're two members of Blight Town, a post-hardcore band from Nottingham. My name's Joe, I play the drums. And my name's Sam, I play guitar. Everyone in the band listens to all sorts of, I guess we can't swear, listens to all sorts of wide-ranging music. So like, I don't know, me, me and Scott are big into like metal. Uh, I think you and Jake like your like post-hardcore, am I right in saying that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, people like Dance Kevin Dance, Hail the Sun, Idola. I know Will's really into um, anything to do with Nick Reinhardt, and that definitely comes across in some of the little dotted effects he has. His his pedal board is like a spaceship. It's insane. It's true. He's like Nick Reinhardt Jr. So, yeah, in terms of inspirations for the band, it's just a, a complete, like, conglomerate of all the, all the music we listen to. Just a big blend of, like, metalcore, post-hardcore, and just anything weird and experimental for Will, I think. <laughs> I went to a music college in Nottingham Confetti and started doing bits and bobs on like Reason 5 and like Ableton making, I, I don't know, I was really into dubstep when I was younger and that's a bit shameful now. I'm not really that big of a fan anymore, but um, before that I was just kind of playing covers of bands like Four Years Strong and stuff like that, just sat in my shed with my guitar and my amp. It made me realise that I can write my own material after playing around on little MIDI keyboards and things like that. So I started emulating the bands that I liked. It's the same with me as well. Like, you know, just as like a kid playing like System of a Down covers. Green Day and Four Years Strong. And then I think Ladder Butte was the turning point for me where I started to write a bit heavier and weirder. Were you, you and Jake been a local little hardcore band or am I wrong in that? Jake was um, in a band called A World Defined that were um, like a post-hardcore band in Derby. And I was really into Gallows and uh, Black Hole and Dead Hearts and stuff like that at the time. And like Heart of a Coward, things like that. And I was in um, a band called Our, Our Day Draws Near, which was basically um, like binary tabs, zeros and ones and synchronized headbanging and stuff. And I really enjoyed that. But I don't know, I, I started to listen to more like Under Oath and all that kind of post-hardcore music and I started to get a bit more into that and then me and Jake started jamming. Scott got involved, Will got involved and we finally found Joe the Missing Piece, which was nice. Missing Link, bro. The Missing Link. So, writing-wise, I basically write the bones to something, either record a video of it on my phone or um, like a little voice clip and I'll put it in the group chat and... Joe's a wizard with the MIDI stuff, which I am not as good at, and he basically programs drums to it. We do a little demo. Scott writes to it at home. Will writes to it at home. And we then just take it to the practice room and work on it and refine it from there kind of thing. 
I think it helps me and Jake like living together as well. Like in our spare time, we tend to just kind of sit there and jam, so that helps. Yeah, we're in the studio at the moment, uh, recording some new material. We're also writing a lot of new material at the moment, going in a bit of a different direction and uh, looking at recording either EP2 or maybe an album. So that should be coming your way at some point in the next year. Go listen to the, the debut EP on Spotify. Um, we're on Instagram at Blighttown UK. On Facebook is Blighttown. Uh, we're not very active on Twitter, but um, that's mainly because I'm a bit of a boomer. So we'll we'll try and work on that. And that's uh, that's basically it for our socials. Thank you so much uh, to Blight Town and Falling Off Maps. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and please go check them both out. And I hope you have an amazing day.